Tonight I have a message the Lord has laid on my heart, and I believe that uh, God has a wonderful blessing for us in his word. So if you would, turn with me to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, verse 25, and we're going to read down to verse 32 of this chapter, Luke chapter 2, verse 25 through 32, and when you find that, you can stand with me for the reading of God's word. If you've got it, say amen. 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 This is what it says. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The The same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Notice what it says in verse 25. It says that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. That means peace of Israel. In verse 26, it says, And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. I want to use as a title for the message tonight, Waiting for the Presence of God. Waiting for the Presence of God. You may be seated. Now, as I've spoken before, as you know, God is omnipresent. He's present in all places at all times. There's no place in any time in eternity, a past or future, any time throughout the furthest reaches of eternity past and eternity future, God will come out and be there. God is always present in all places at all times. Uh, Sometimes we don't always feel his presence. It's a lack of awareness, but it's not a lack of God's presence. God is there. And there are times when God breaks through and God begins to show himself in a special way. There are times when God is manifesting his presence. And the greatest manifestation of God's presence that ever was, was when God became a man in the person of Jesus Christ. God began to walk among us in the person of Jesus Christ. That's the greatest manifestation of the presence of God in the history of time. Amen? And so this is a unique time in history. As you look at the opening pages of the New Testament, you find that they're under the heavy hand of Rome, that they are oppressing the people of Israel. You'll find, uh, uh, I'm sure the people in that time, no doubt, uh, were longing uh, for their Messiah to come. They, they knew the, the, the prophecies of the Old Testament about the one who would come, but it seemed so distant at that time uh, that they were living but needed more than ever. And uh, the time between Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament, and, and Matthew, there were about 400 years of silence. The heavens were silent. 
Nothing was happening. But during that time, God was getting everything ready because he was about to manifest himself in the greatest way in history. During that time, God was getting everything ready. God was setting the stage to bring his own son into the world. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 5 says this, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. But in that, first, in that fourth verse, it says, when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son. I think of that as a glass that's, that's full of water and, and one drop less and it's not full. One drop more and it's running over. At exactly, precisely the right time, in the fullness of time, God sent his son into the world. See, the world needed a savior. And in the fullness of time, just like I said, at exactly the right time God sent his son into the world the word became flesh as the bible says and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth Jesus Christ the eternal son of God came to dwell among us the one that would save us from our sins that's what we needed and that's why he was coming he was born of a virgin and laid in in a manger and God became a man. Consider that. God himself became a man. One person said it like this. Jesus Christ, the meeting place of eternity and time, the blending of deity and humanity, the junction of heaven and earth. I like that. I like how Martin Luther once said it. He said, no other God have I but thee, born in a manger and died on a tree. I like that. That's our God. But not only that, he didn't just die on the tree, but we know that he rose again from the grave as well. And in our passage of scripture that we're looking at tonight, we see that Jesus has been born. He, in fact, has been born. Oh, how that changed history uh, forever when Jesus Christ was born into this world. See, Mary and Joseph in this passage are bringing Jesus to the temple really for a dedication according to the law of Moses. And while they're there, they're going to meet a man by the name of Simeon. Now, Simeon has actually been waiting for them to show up. We don't know how long he's been waiting. We don't know how long he's been there waiting for him. But when they show up, there's going to be a man there named Simeon, and he's been waiting for them to get there. Now, this man has probably been looking for the Messiah for a very long, if I was to guess, he's probably been looking for the Messiah a very long time. And on this special day where we were just reading here in Luke, on this special day, the thing, the moment that he has been waiting for probably all these years was about to happen. The moment that Simeon had been waiting for, Simeon was waiting for the presence of God. He was longing for, for God to show up. He was longing. Now, let me ask this question as we get started. Who was Simeon? Who was Simeon? You say, well, he's the guy right here in Luke chapter 2. That's who he was. 
Well, that's a good start. Uh, we don't actually know a whole lot about Simeon. We don't know. He's only mentioned here in the Bible. It's the only place you're going to find him. But we can gather from the text that he probably lived in or around Jerusalem and often visited the temple. We can gather that. The Bible describes him as just and devout in verse 25. So that's a way of saying that he was a, a righteous man, that he honored God, that he walked with God. Simeon was a man who honored and walked with God. The Bible says he was just and devout. So we, we're seeing a righteous man here. You might ask, well, how old was Simeon? We all assume that he's old. And I think that's the right assumption. But the Bible doesn't give us an actual age of how old he was. Uh, but there are some things we can gather from the pages of Scripture here that will give us a good idea that he probably was a very old man. So look, first of all, at verse 26, it says this. He should not see death before he's seen the Lord's Christ. Verse 29, it says, Lord, now let thou thy servant depart in peace. Both of these statements to me indicate a man that is very old. I have never heard a young man say, at least not honestly, say, now I can die, Lord, take me on. I've never seen that from a young man. But Simeon is, is saying these things. We're seeing that. We're seeing that in the text. That it's, it's like he's just, he's, he's probably ancient. He's feeling like he's ancient. But he, he's waiting on God to move. And, and we can gather by these statements that that's probably a very aged man, this man, Simeon. We can gather that. Now, I want to look at uh, a little bit more about Simeon. First of all, I want you to notice that Simeon was a man who was waiting on God. Like I've been saying, he's a man waiting on God, waiting for the presence of God. Look at verse 25 again. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, like we said, probably an old man. And the same man was just and devout. And it says this, waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Ghost was upon him. Vance Abner once said, he who waits on God loses no time. This old man was losing no time by waiting on God. He who waits on God loses no time. And it appears from the text that every day Simeon was waiting on God. This old man was waiting for something to happen. He probably didn't know exactly what he was was going to happen. He had some, a lot of ideas. He probably knew quite a bit, but he was waiting on something to happen. He was waiting for God to move. This old man was waiting for, the Bible says, the consolation of Israel. That means peace. Consolation means peace. He was waiting for the peace of Israel, and really he was waiting for the Prince of Peace. He was waiting for the Messiah to come, the Prince of Peace, Jesus. Now, I believe also that Simeon understood the scriptures. I believe that he understood the law and the prophets and the Psalms. I believe that he understood the word of God as they had it at the time. And I believe he recognized the common thread of redemption that was woven throughout the pages of scripture. As he read through there, I believe that he could see, uh, perhaps he could see the sacrifices were, were veiled types and shadows pointing to one who would come. I, I think he understood that God was going to send a redeemer 
I believe Simeon knew that. I believe he knew his scriptures. And Simeon was patiently waiting on God. He probably remembered the prophecy about how God said that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. I believe that he remembered how God made coats of skin for them, for Adam and Eve after they sinned. I believe that he looked through the scriptures and he could see all these things. He could see that that scarlet thread woven throughout all the pages of scripture from the beginning to his day. And Simeon knew something was going to happen. He knew something was about to happen. He was waiting on God to move. He was just waiting for the presence of God, waiting on God. God, is it going to be today? I don't know. I'm going to keep waiting. Simeon, what are you doing today? Waiting. Isn't that what you did yesterday? Yeah. Did anything happen? No, but it will. Whatever, Simeon. I'm going to keep on waiting. That's the kind of attitude that he had. He was going to keep waiting no matter what. Now, not only was he a man waiting on God, but he was a man waiting with God. He wasn't just waiting on God, but he was waiting with God. You find that also in verse 25. At the end of that verse, it says he was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Ghost was upon him. So he was waiting on God and he was waiting with God. You see what I'm saying here? So Simeon wasn't just an old man sitting around in the temple waiting, but God was stirring in his heart. God, the Holy Spirit was upon him, moving on him. And so Simeon was a man who was waiting on God and he was waiting with God. Simeon was not alone. Simeon was, uh, was, well, basically the Holy Ghost was upon him and God was with him and God was speaking to him is what was happening. He was there because God was revealing things to him. Now listen to this. Simeon was waiting on the basis of revelation and a promise. He was waiting on the basis of revelation and a promise. Look at verse 26. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. He's waiting on the basis of revelation and a promise. What is the revelation? The revelation was the Messiah is coming. By the Holy Spirit, Simeon knew the Messiah is coming. And the promise to Simeon was, and you're going to live to see it. No wonder he was so adamant to wait. He didn't care if people made fun of him coming every day to the temple, looking around, saying, is, is, that, is that the one? Maybe it's there, maybe it's there. Looking, watching, waiting. He didn't know exactly what he was going to see, but something in him said, when I see it, I'm going to know it. Because God said, the Messiah is coming. And when he shows up, I'm going to know it. Because God said, I'm going to see it with my own eye. What a promise that was. Can you imagine what that was like? The the Jewish people had been, they were serious about this. They had been waiting a long time. There had been silence uh, that was happening, but things were beginning to happen. Now, I thought about this. Perhaps Simeon might have heard rumors regarding the Messiah and some recent events that were happening. If you think about the things that were going on at that time, he might have heard Perhaps the details surrounding the birth of John the Baptist. 
how Zacharias was in the temple offering incense and the angel Gabriel appeared to him and said, your prayers have been heard and you're going to have a son in your old age. Maybe he heard about how the angel of the Lord appeared to the shepherds that were out in the field on the night of Jesus' birth and how they said, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Maybe he heard uh, how the multitude, suddenly the multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel of the Lord began to say glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, good will toward men. Well, the second chapter of Luke talks about how the shepherds made known these things about the child that they were told. So Simeon might have been hearing about some of the things that were going on. There was something stirring. Something was happening. The silence appeared to be being broken with the appearance of the angel, with, with uh, Zacharias in the temple. The silence was, was going away, and God was doing something, and the Holy Spirit was upon, uh, was upon Simeon and revealing to him, the Messiah's coming. You're old, but you're going to see it. With your own eyes, you're going to see it, Zacharias. You keep on, or uh, Simeon, you keep on waiting because I'm coming and I think maybe he heard some of these rumors that were going on he may have heard all of these different things he may have actually been stirred by what he was hearing but you know Simeon had something so much better than just rumors and what he was hearing he had something better than, than, than this and the stories and the things that probably he was hearing were incredible but he had something better than that. Why? Because he had the Spirit of God upon him. He had the one who brings revelation, who revealed to him that I'm getting ready to do something incredible. And not only that, but he had a promise of God. He had the revelation of God. He had the promise of God so he could wait for God to move because he knew that God would move. The rumors, that was, that was cool. That, I mean, that was stirring. He was hearing things might be happening and it was probably raising his level of expectancy. But what really kept him going, what really kept him grounded was the fact that the Holy Spirit was revealing these things to him and giving him the promise that it was about to happen. You know, when you have the promise of God revealed by the Spirit of God, it doesn't matter how long you have to wait because you can rest assured it will come to pass because God cannot lie. God cannot and God will not lie. Not only that, I want you to recognize that Simeon was a man led by the Spirit of God. He was obedient to the Spirit of God. Look at verse 27. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. Uh, in the verses that we've read tonight, the Spirit of God has been mentioned three times in these verses. It becomes apparent that obviously the Holy Spirit was at work in Simeon's life. In verse 25, it says the Holy Ghost was upon him. In verse 26, it says it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost. In verse 27, as we just read, and he came by the Spirit into the temple. God was working in the life of Simeon. And Simeon was a man that's led by the Spirit of God, but not only that, he was a man that was obedient to the Spirit of God. The name Simeon itself means this, hears and obeys. That's what Simeon means. 
The name Simeon means hears and obeys. And so Simeon was listening to and obeying the voice of God as it was being spoken to him, just like his name says. He hears and he obeys. Now, with that in mind, we, we remember that Simeon, of course, he's waiting. He's waiting on God. He's waiting with God, and he's waiting based on the revelation and the promise like we just talked about, and he's listening closely, and when the Spirit of God spoke, he moved because of his obedience. Simeon was there when they brought in the child Jesus. Because of his obedience, Simeon was there when Mary and Joseph brought in the child Jesus. See, he experienced the blessing and the promise of God because he was obedient to the leading of the Spirit of God. If you want the blessing of God in your life, you've got to be obedient to the Word of God and the Spirit of God as he's bringing that revelation into your life. If you're not obedient to the leading of the Spirit of God, don't expect to experience the blessing of God because God is trying to lead you in a direction, but you're going the opposite direction. You're doing your own way, but that's not Simeon. Simeon said, oh no, I've got revelation, I've got a promise, and I know that something's about to happen, and when the Spirit speaks, I'm not not going to miss it. I'm going to make sure that I get to see the consolation of Israel. And that's exactly what he was doing. You see, I think it's interesting too, as I was reading this, Mary and Joseph are coming in to the temple in obedience to the law. They're coming in in obedience to the law, to fulfill the law. I think you can read about that in the prior verses here in uh, Leviticus chapter 12, I think is where you get the original uh, text from for the law that they're fulfilling. But they're bringing Jesus in as a fulfillment of the law. And then it's interesting. Well, let me read that again to you. It says, the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law. That's in verse 27. And so we see them being obedient to the law of God, and then we see Simeon is being obedient to the leading of the Spirit of God. It says he came by the Spirit into the temple, and watch this, the two converged on the basis of one person, the Son of God. The law of God and the Spirit of God come together in one person, and that person is Jesus Christ. And why is that? Because Jesus Christ is the total fulfillment of all the law and the prophets, all the scriptures, everything that's contained in the Bible is Jesus is the fulfillment of all these things. And just as you see Mary and Joseph coming in, they were going right by the letter of the law. And here comes Simeon following the leading of the Holy Spirit. And they come together over the Christ child, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, because he is the total fulfillment of all of it. Isn't that amazing? That's why in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 7, it says, speaking of Jesus, then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. That's amazing to me. Now, not only that, but Simeon was a man quick to receive the promise of God. When Simeon came to the temple that day, like I said, anticipation was probably at an all-time high. If he was hearing the things that, that we read about in the pages prior, the events that were taking place at that time, if he was hearing about those things, 
Anticipation was at an all-time high. It was just fueling the fire of what he knew was happening. It must have been overwhelming. And, and he knew the Spirit of God was moving on him. He understood that God, that the Spirit of God was upon him for this time, for this purpose. And this was the day. Can you think about it? This was the day that Simeon was finally going to realize that promise. This was the day. He didn't know it just yet, but the Spirit of God was telling him, you go to the temple. Today's the day. I think that was what was, there was an urgency in his heart that says, you go, you go, you make sure you're there, Simeon. This is going to be the day. This was, this was going to be the day that something was going to happen. He didn't know exactly what he was going to see. I don't think he knew exactly what he was going to see. But he knew when I see it, when I see it, when I see him, I'll know him. That was in Simeon's heart. When I, when I see him, I will know that it's him. Look at verses 27 and 28. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he up in his arms and blessed God. Simeon didn't need to know about the angel visitations. He didn't need to know about the events that had taken place. He didn't need all that. The moment that Jesus arrived, he knew it by revelation of the Spirit of God. If Simeon had been living in a hole until that day and heard nothing and knew no one, the moment that Jesus came into that temple and his eyes laid eyes on that baby by the Spirit of God, he knew it. That's it. That's the one. See, he was in tune with heaven. Simeon was in tune with heaven. He knew what God was speaking to him. He was hearing and he was obeying, just like his name says. He, he knew what was happening. He, and, and the moment that Jesus came in, his eyes laid eyes on that baby. He said, that's him. That's him. I know him. That's him. That's the one I've been waiting for. He wasted no time. He went right over. I believe that he looked at that baby and said, my eyes have now seen the consolation of Israel. He didn't, he didn't waste any time. And it says he took the baby up in his arms and he blessed God. He was quick to receive the promise. Quick to receive the promise. He didn't waste any time about it. I don't know if I don't know how Mary and Joseph felt about that. Here comes this old man. I just imagine in my mind, you know, his beard flowing, you know, maybe parted. He's, <laughs> that's him. <laughs> Give me that baby. <laughs> I, I don't know. Somebody might say, I didn't know the old man had it in him. Man, that guy can move when he wants to. I don't know. I think it sounds good that it happened that way. It might have been a little more relaxed than that. But either way, he said, he seen the baby, he knew who the baby was because God had showed him, that's him, that's the Messiah. And he said, okay, finally, I've been waiting a long time. I've been waiting forever for this. Give me that baby. <laughs> My eyes have seen him. See, he embraced the gift of God. It says he, he took him up in his, in his arms. The moment that Simeon held Jesus in his arms, it was the fulfillment of everything that he had been waiting for. 
everything that he had been hoping for. He was looking into the eyes of the Savior, and it was the realization of God's promise to him. In that moment, his faith had become sight. He seen the baby with his own eyes, exactly as God said he would. That's amazing. And he had a heart of thankfulness to God because of it, because it says he took him up in his arms, and it says he blessed God. This was a special moment for Simeon, probably a very emotional moment for him in his life. He probably cried many tears in that moment, if I was to guess, and he didn't care what anybody thought about it. The presence of God was in his arms. God himself was in his arms. I love that it says he blessed God because he's blessing God and he's, he's holding God in his own arms, in the flesh. That's hard to wrap your mind around, but that's what was happening. And he's looking into the eyes of God. And he knew that it was a special day for him and he knew it was a special day for the world. Now let me say this. A person who has received the salvation of God can live and die in peace. The person who has received the salvation of God can live and die in peace. Look at verse 28 through 32. Listen to what he says. Then took he him up in his arms, speaking of Jesus, and blessed God, and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. From that day forward, Simeon was satisfied. He was satisfied. He could live and he could die in peace in either direction. He could go in peace because why? He had seen the salvation of the Lord. He had taken Jesus up in his arms and seen the promise of God. In his very own arms, he, he's seen the salvation of the Lord. And because of that, he could go on and he could live another hundred years or he could die that moment. And either way, he was at total and complete perfect peace because he knew salvation. He knew salvation in that moment. Simeon had received that promise from God. God told him that it was going to happen, and he knew God wouldn't lie. The consolation of Israel, just as he had been looking for, the peace of Israel was there. And he was obedient to the Spirit of God, and because of that, he was there when the child come in. And now he can die in peace, he says. See, Simeon had been faithful to believe God, and God was faithful to fulfill his promise to Simeon. We have to be faithful to believe God. And God will be faithful to fulfill his promises to us. He says, now I can die in peace. Basically what he's saying, I can die in peace. David Guzik said it like this, and I, it's worth repeating. He says, it was as if Simeon were commanded by God to keep a lonely watch through the night 
until he saw the sun come up. This now was for him God's sunrise. And because Jesus had come, Simeon could be relieved of his watch. The sun has come up, Simeon, you can go home now. You've done good, Simeon. You've been faithful. You can go. See, Simeon had personally experienced God. Look at verse 30. He says, for my eyes have seen thy salvation. My eyes. Can you say that tonight? Do you know? My eyes have seen the salvation of the Lord. I personally have experienced the salvation of the Lord. Simeon says, my eyes have seen the Lord. You all may not see the same thing I'm seeing, but I have seen the salvation of the Lord, he's saying. And this was the whole reason that he could live and die. This is, this is why he could ask the Lord, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace. This is why he could ask the Lord, Lord, go ahead and let me go. I've, I've seen it all. There's nothing else worth seeing. I've seen the most beautiful sight that a person could ever seen because he personally experienced the Lord. Alexander McLaren said it like this. He went in peace. Because of what? Because the weary, blurred old eyes had seen all that any man needs to see to be satisfied and blessed. Life could yield nothing more, though its length were doubled to this old man, than the sight of God's salvation. Let me say this. Salvation is a person. Did you know that? Salvation is a person. It's not just a word, it's a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. That's what we see uh, represented in these scriptures, salvation. It's talking about salvation. And salvation is a, per is a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. And true peace can never be experienced until we, as Simeon, personally experience the salvation of the Lord. Until we take him up in our arms and hold him to our, to our chest and say, yes, I believe the Son of God. Yes, I believe who he is. Yes, I believe what he's done for me. He is salvation. And until you receive the salvation of the Lord, until you trust Jesus Christ, until you have him, you can never have peace in life and you certainly can never have peace in your death. But from that moment, Simeon had both. I have personally sat beside the bed of a man who he could not have peace in his death. He couldn't die in peace. That's why I was there. He called to find somebody to talk to. He could not die in peace. He knew he was going to. He couldn't do it. And so I went and visited with him, and I talked to him about the Lord. I shared the gospel with him. I said, when you meet God, is it going to be a good meeting or a bad meeting? He said, well, I hope it's going to be a good meeting. I said, well, you better get that sorted out now before you get there. <laughs> he was not at peace. And I shared the gospel with him, and that man trusted Jesus Christ with his life. He trusted Jesus Christ as his Savior, repented of his sins right there. A big smile came on his face, and you could tell the Lord had touched down in this man's heart, and from that moment, you know what? He had peace to die. And if I recall right, it was the next day I asked how he was doing, and he was gone. He had peace to die. 
And the moment you receive salvation, you have peace to live and peace to die. See, we have to trust in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And outside of that, outside of the gospel, outside of the truth of who Jesus is and what he's done and how he took our sins on the cross of Calvary, outside of that, there is no peace. But the moment that you trust Christ as Simeon, take him up in your arms and believe the the promise is right there. Believe the gospel. The moment that you trust Christ and repent of your sins, then comes the peace of God that passes understanding to live and to die. No more are you haunted by the fear of death all your life, as it says in Hebrews. But now the one who gives life and life more abundantly is living inside and you can know that everything's going to be okay. Praise God. Not only that, but salvation is for all people. Look at verses 30 through 32. It says, For my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. Say, all people. How many? All people. A light to lighten the Gentile. That's anybody that's not Jewish. That's us. And the glory of thy people, Israel. Simeon recognized by the Holy Spirit, Jesus was the Savior of the world. That's why he said all people. Amazing that he had that insight in the time that he lived and and the things that were going on. And he could see that, not because he figured it out, but because God revealed it to him. And salvation was beginning in Israel but it would be to all people, Jew and Gentile. That's why Romans chapter 1, verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Listen, to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. That's the same thing that Simeon's talking about. That takes in all people. That's the Bible's way of saying all people. Salvation is for all people. So much so that John on the Isle of Patmos in Revelation chapter 7 verse 9 was able to say that he saw a great multitude which no man could number of all nations, kindreds, and people, and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. All people. That's what we're talking about. And it's interesting to see that it says the glory of thy people Israel. You know what happened when Jesus came, Israel rejected their Messiah. It says a light to the Gentiles, but Israel rejected their glory. They refused him. But one day, they're going to recognize that Jesus is the glory of Israel. When he comes in clouds of glory and they realize that the one whom they pierced is their Messiah, they're going to mourn over the fact that they rejected their Messiah, and they're going to realize that the one that they rejected is the glory of Israel. That's what he's talking about. Someday that's going to happen, That, that, that Jesus, we know he is, and he is the light to the Gentiles, and he's shining to us, and not everybody's going to receive the light because the Bible says that some people uh, won't come to the light because they love darkness rather than light because they don't want their deeds to be reproved. They don't want to come into the light. But as the light shines to us and we trust Jesus Christ, we see he is a light to us that was sitting in darkness, and Christ came to us to save us out of darkness and bring us into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. 
Which makes me say this, the plan of God is marvelous. Watch what happens in verse 33. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him, speaking of Jesus. They marveled about what they just heard. This old man came and took my baby out of my arms and he said a bunch of pretty cool stuff. And they said, wow. <laughs> they were probably speechless having heard what he just said. Amazing when you think about it. Now, I want you to notice something in this verse. It says, and Joseph and his mother. The Bible specifically says Joseph and his mother. And I believe Dr. Luke was emphasizing a point that Joseph was not Jesus' father. Joseph was not Jesus' father. God is, and Jesus was virgin born. So he says, Joseph and his mother. That's why it says it that way. But Mary and Joseph were probably not expecting what happened that day in the temple. I don't think that that was probably, they were going to go through the ritual, do the ceremony, do the stuff, and maybe swing by Chick-fil-A when it was over. I don't know. And... Uh, but, they, and, but then here comes Simeon, you know, and he, he, he's got all this, this stuff that, that he does, and it's amazing. And it says that they marveled, and they were probably pretty surprised, but it was all ordered by God. That's the thing. God was bringing all this stuff together. God was bringing all these things together. He was bringing them there at that time. He was bringing Simeon there at that time. They were coming together at the same time, and they were marveling at what had happened and, and more so about the things that were spoken about Jesus. It says that they marveled. Why? Because the purpose and the plans of God are marvelous. The purpose and the plans of God are marvelous. Look, when we read the pages of Scripture and we see God's plan for the ages, we should marvel at God's plan. We should marvel about it. We should marvel that God became a man in the person of Jesus Christ. We should marvel that he allowed himself to be crucified on a cross for the sins of the whole world. We should marvel that he was dead and buried, but on the third day arose from the grave victorious over death. We should marvel that he went away to prepare a place for us and promised to come again and take us home to be with him forever and ever. When we see the plans and the purposes of God written in the pages of Scripture and fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ, we should marvel. And that's what Mary and Joseph were doing. They were hearing the prophecy of Simeon, the words of Simeon saying, wow, wow. There was a wonder in what was happening. And Simeon pronounces a blessing and a prophecy. And I'm going to bring this message to a close here pretty quick. Verses 34 and 35. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. 
Look at the prophecy there in verse 34. He says, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel. When Jesus came, uh, the religious leaders of that day thought that they were on solid ground. They thought they had it all figured out, but they stumbled and fell. But then there were those, there were others that seemed hopeless and lost, those sitting in darkness, and it was to them came the great light, and Jesus lifted them up and gave them hope and blessing. The rising and the fall of many in Israel, that was happening. Those leaders of that day thought they had it all figured out, and Jesus was going to come, and, and they were going to realize those that thought they were standing were going to fall, and those that were, that were hopeless and helpless, Jesus was coming to those to lift them up and to save them and to bless them. What a wonderful Savior. And that's what's spoken about in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. It says... Unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious, speaking of Jesus. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, and the stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed." Basically, it's saying when Jesus came, those leaders that should have recognized him as the rock of salvation, they rejected him. And those others that were hopeless and lost and downtrodden, they received him. And what it's saying is you can fall on the rock and find safety and security, or the rock will fall on you and grind you in judgment. And that's what was happening. You can find refuge in Jesus. But if you reject him, then here comes the rock to fall on you and crush you in judgment, which is what happened to those rejecting him. And it says in verse 34, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. I believe the sign is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It is spoken against. The resurrection of all things is denied. People deny it. They, re they refuse it. People in that day denied. They made up stories. They lied about it. They said it didn't happen. The, re the, the resurrection is a sign spoken against. It's something that they are fighting against. You see, the cross was the signpost in which God was saying the only way to heaven is through my son. And the resurrection was God confirming that to be true. And those that refused that and denied that, that's why, that's why Simeon says a sign which should be spoken against. Jesus, let, let me give you a little bit more clarity and we'll move on. In Matthew chapter 12, verses 39 through 40, it says, But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it but the sign, of the prophet Jonas, or Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart 
of the earth. He was speaking about his death and his burial and resurrection on the third day. Just as Jonah didn't stay in the well, Jesus didn't stay in the heart of the earth, but he rose again from the grave victorious over death, defeating death, triumphant over death. And that is the sign that they spoke against, that they denied. But those of us know that if Christ be not raised, then our our hope is in vain. But we know that Christ has risen from the grave and that he is alive. And we have received that sign to be true. Hallelujah. And then he gives a warning to Mary in verse 35. He says this, Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. There was probably no one that agonized more on this earth than Jesus' earthly mother, Mary. Seeing her own son on the cross, despised, rejected, bloody, and dead. As a mother, I'm sure, as Mary, as the mother of Jesus, I'm sure that that was a very awful, terrible sight to her. And in that moment that she saw that, I believe that's when the sword pierced through her soul. But on the third day, when Jesus rose again from the grave, I believe was the same time her soul revived. That sword that had pierced her soul didn't kill her because the resurrection and the life got up out of that grave. (laughs) The damage she felt in that moment wasn't permanent because Christ came to undo the damages of death and to save us from the grave. Hallelujah. (laughs) That the thoughts of many may be revealed. See, the cross was going to reveal the sinful man in that day. The cross was going to be the light that would reveal uh, the condition of the the nation of Israel, the apostate state of the nation of Israel. The cross is the light that reveals the souls of men. Just in passing, I want to mention that there was one other person that was there at the time Simeon was giving this uh, prophecy, and this was happening, and her name was Anna. You can skip on down to verse 38. It says, And she coming in, in that instant, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord, and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. She was confirming everything that Simeon just said, and she was also one of those people who was devout, waiting on the Lord, spending time there in the temple, all the time praying and fasting, uh, on a regular basis, and you can read more about her. I'm not going to labor the point because I want to get wrapped up tonight. But she came in, and as a confirmation for everything Simeon just said, she said, everything he said is true, and all those that are looking for the Redeemer, that's it. And it was confirmed by two witnesses there. A few final thoughts here about waiting for the presence of God. As I examined this passage with Simeon, I thought about how today the church is waiting on God. That we are waiting on God. We're not waiting for his first arrival. We're waiting for his return. 
He's already came the first time, but he's going to come a second time. We're looking for the rapture of the church. We know that Christ is going to return. But just like Simeon, we're not waiting alone because we have the Holy Spirit living in us. We're waiting on God and we're waiting with God. And just like Simeon, we're waiting on the basis of revelation right here in the scriptures and the promise of God. Just like Simeon was waiting based on revelation and the promise of God. He was waiting on God, waiting with God, waiting based on revelation and promise. And just like that, the church today is waiting on God. And we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And we have the revelation of God, the Bible, the word of God. We have the scriptures. We have the promises of God. And we know because God has said it, God is going to do it. We know that one day Jesus is is going to come back. He's going to step out on the clouds of glory and on a day that uh, maybe just like every other day where we've been waiting and nothing has happened, waiting and nothing has happened and suddenly in an instant the Lord himself is going to descend from heaven and call his church home to be with him. That's what we're waiting on for Jesus to come. Why? Because he said in John 14, Verses 1 through 3, you know the verses. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, and he did, and prepare a place for you, and he is, I will come again, and he will, and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. You want something to hang on to while you wait? There it is. That's what Simeon was hanging on to. A promise of God. There's a promise of God to hang on to. There's something you can hang on to. In an instant, we're going to be in the presence of God. The literal presence of God, just like Simeon. Wow. Wow. That's going to be a wonderful day. Looking forward to that day that Jesus is coming. The difference with us is we're not going to depart after that. We're not going to go anywhere. We're going to be with him forever and ever. We're going to be with Jesus forever and ever. And that day came for Simeon. And that day is coming for us. But for now, we're waiting. Waiting, waiting is the worst sometimes. But for now, we're waiting, waiting with God, waiting with a promise. Someday we're going to enter his presence in eternal glory.